Hey y'all, this is Charlie. We are living, loving, laughing, and great. And welcome back. We are in part three of our current podcast series. If you haven't heard the previous two, I do recommend you go back and listen to those. Uh, this will still be edifying, of course, because Jesus is here with us and we come and see his beautiful, beautiful face, my friends, and we see him smiling on us. Amen. We see God, the father, our heavenly father is always smiling on us. Do you know, my friends, that that is why um, this the blessing that, you know, some people have asked, where did I get that blessing from that I end most of our podcast with? And actually that comes from Numbers chapter six. Uh, verse 24 and this was a blessing that the Lord himself gave verbatim so you know sometimes it will say in the Bible that the Lord blessed them and we see that things happen but this was the Lord told Aaron when he was the high priest who blessed the children of Israel with these particular words these specific words and listen to this my friend this is so beautiful he says the Lord bless you and keep you so he's always blessing us my friends and to keep us means like to protect us to establish us to take care of us that's what it means that he keeps us and then he says the Lord make his face shine upon you my friends good things happen when God's face is shining on you and can I tell you something as we've been learning about uh, in the previous couple podcasts that the Lord now considers us his beloved children and that he is always well pleased with us simply because we are his children it's not what we do it's who we are amen my friends the Lord's face is now always shining on you always if we don't see it it's simply because we're not looking <laughs> amen you know like when you turn and walk away from someone you no longer know what their face is doing Right? Have you ever seen uh, little kids that, that maybe they're getting a scolding from a teacher or their parents or somebody and, and they look so, you know, they look so sweet, they look so respectful, and as soon as the adult turns their back, they start making faces? <laughs> you know, I've seen that before. I never did it, that I remember, but I have seen it. Well, you know, I think sometimes when we take our eyes off the Lord, right, we are so, I'm just going to be honest, we're so negatively um what's the word our natural thinking is very negative okay in the natural that's a result of of the fall and if you don't believe me here's a test for you when your phone rings in the middle of the night let's say one or two o'clock in the morning and your and your phone suddenly rings is your first thought oh wow something really good has happened that somebody cannot even wait in the morning to tell me or is your first thought oh oh my goodness what's happened something's wrong something's wrong Okay. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I know which way that goes, right? So naturally, we're very negative thinkers. And when we turn and walk away from the Lord, and my friends, it can be so subtle, so subtle. The devil deals in subtleties, right? He, It might start with just a little degree and then another degree and then another degree and another degree. His ultimate goal is to get your face off the Lord. Because if you can't see his face, we forget what his face looks like and we'll start believing that he's angry at us, that he's disappointed in us. We'll start having all these negative thoughts about how the father thinks towards us when the truth is his face doesn't change. He is 
always shining on us. He is always smiling on us. The only difference is when we turn and we come to his face and we look into his face and we can see it. And when we see, oh, my father, God is looking on me. His face is shining on me. He's blessing me. He takes care of me. He keeps me. He's smiling on me. Then we will live like it. Hallelujah, my friends. Hallelujah. And I love that these are the words that the father chose to to write out verbatim as a blessing to us. And I also like to think of this picture of shining, uh, of his face shining on us. This is a blessing. It's like he's glowing. But you know, like when you've ever been separated from some loved ones for a period of time and, and you see them for the first time, how their face literally lights up, right? And you can't see yours, but yours does the same thing. Our face will light up or even just the sight of a loved one our face will light up and how does that make you feel right because you know when someone when you look at someone and they're looking at you and their face lights up like that you know what you know that they love you you know that they care for you you know that they have good and happy thoughts towards you my friend that's our father's face all the time all the time his face is lighting up towards us he has nothing but love towards us and goodness towards us and thoughts of of good and peace and joy he even wants us to declare it over ourselves that's why i declare this blessing over you because the father himself our lord gave it to us and i love this and he says that his face shines on you and be gracious to you my friend the lord's face shining on you is his grace towards you Amen. And it's his unmerited favor, his undeserved favor shining all over you, shining on you, his grace all around you. Amen. And then it says the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. You know what this phrase means to lift up his countenance? It means to smile. The Lord smiles upon you and gives you peace. So his face shines on you, giving you grace and out of grace. And he smiles on you and gives you peace. My friend, when we know and we believe and we see our father's face shining towards us and smiling on us, it will certainly put us at peace. When we see that he loves us, as we were talking about And the last podcast, how Jesus could sleep through a hurricane because he knew his father loved him. And he knew that because his father loved him, he would do just like this blessing says, that he would keep him. He would protect him. He would take care of him. And that's what we're growing into, that understanding of just how much the father loves us and that because of his great love for us, he will keep us too. He will protect us. We can be at rest in the storms of life. We can take a nap when things get crazy. My friend, and you know what? If you want to see Jesus, if you want to see God show up and do great things in your life, you've got to give him a chance, okay? If every time there's a a wind or things get boisterous, we jump up and we start trying to do, 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 do. We don't give God the opportunity to show out in our life. Not that he can't, but he's not going to override you, my friend. And he knows that if he starts working miracles while you're trying to work miracles, you'll think the miracles because of you. 
I mean, that will cause you to work even harder and be even more stressed out and put in more effort. And I'm not talking about just work your job, but like in your relationship with him where he wants you to see that you could be asleep, just resting in his love, taking your nap and he'll take care of the storm. Amen. That storm couldn't do nothing to you anyway. Hallelujah. So, so we see this, right? And, and we can look at this spiritually and also look at it, my friends, with there's so many natural disasters going on that you can apply that and say, wait, I'm going to rest. I'm going to rest and trust the Lord to take care of me. Amen. I'm going to rest in his love for me. So I want to show you another occasion where we see this. In John chapter 5, starting in verse 16, it says, For this reason... The Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. Wow, sounds like Jesus did some really bad stuff that the Jews are trying to persecute him and even want to kill him for something he did on the Sabbath. Must have been really bad. It was. It was terrible. He healed a man who had been paralyzed for 38 years. Can you imagine? Everyone knew this guy. He'd been laying on his beggar's mat for 38 years and Jesus heals him. And instead of the people around him rejoicing, instead of going, what, what happened? Hey, my aunt's got a broken back. Oh, my mom, my mom broke her leg. My, my dad went blind. Where is he? Where's this guy that did this? They said, what? He did that on a Sabbath? They were so religious thinking, my friends. They were so under the law. They were so under self-effort. They missed the miracles happening right in front of them. My friends, seeing is not believing. The Pharisees saw many of the miracles Jesus did, and they still chose not to believe. They knew he rose Lazarus from the dead, and they still chose to persecute him. Believing is seeing. When we believe in the love of God for us, we will see the love of God in our lives. Believe he loves you. Believe that because of his great light, his great love for you, he will take care of you and then you will see it. It's already going on, right? It's just whether or not we see it. So that's what Jesus did that was so terrible and got them riled up. But listen to Jesus' response. But Jesus answered them, my father has been working until now and I have been working my friend, God is always working on your behalf. Always, 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 always. Whether you can see it yet or not, he is always working on your behalf. And when things seem rough, my friend, remind yourself of that. You know, we remember we talked about reminding in the first podcast that Peter said he would always endeavor to remind us of these things. And the thing he was talking about was that the father calls us his beloved children with whom he is well pleased. And when things are tough, we can also remind yourself, the Father's already working for me. He's already working on my behalf. I might not see it yet. I might not understand what's going on, but I know that he is working. You remember uh, the account of Abraham and Isaac going up the mountain and God had asked Abraham to sacrifice his son. And, and we know that God never wanted his son in the first place. But he wanted to see where Abraham's heart was. And really what he wanted to show us is where his own heart was. And that Abraham did not have to give up his one and only son whom he loved. But the father did have to give up his 
one and only son whom he loved. But as Abraham and Isaac were going up that mountain, you know, the, the only the reason Abraham could do that is because he had already been walking with the Lord for decades and the Lord had proven his love and faithfulness to him. And when Isaac asked, Father, where's the sacrifice? Abraham himself said God will provide. He believed that God would provide the sacrifice. He didn't know that at that moment that him and his son were walking up the mountain, coming up the other side of the mountain was the answer, was the sacrifice, was the ram. And just before Abraham went to drive the, the knife into his own son, God sent an angel to stop his hand and told him to turn and look. And he saw that ram caught in a thicket by its horns. The answer was there, but the truth is the answer had been on the way the whole time. It seemed like there was a problem. My friend, your answer is on the way. God is already working on your behalf. He's always been working on your behalf, even if you can't see it yet. Trust in his great love for you, that if he has given up his very best, he's given up his son, he will not hold anything else back from you. Amen. So it says after, after Jesus says this, Jesus really knows how to calm people down. Okay. It says, therefore, the Jews saw all the more to kill him. <laughs> My friends, Jesus was very controversial. Grace is controversial. You know what? The best things of God are controversial. Guess why? Because the devil doesn't want you having them. So he, he raises up all these controversies around the best gifts of God, the, the most beautiful, the most powerful to keep people from believing. That's why there's so much controversy over the grace, uh, the gospel of grace. That's why there's so much controversy over the Lord's Supper. There's so much controversy over praying in tongues because these are beautiful, powerful love gifts, grace gifts from our heavenly father. And the devil doesn't want you partaking of them. So it says, therefore, the Jews saw all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Then Jesus answered and said to them, so they're trying to kill him, my friends. And then he incites them by speaking the truth. And now they want to kill him even more. And listen how Jesus handles this. And these people have the right to pick up stones and stone him to death. Okay. Uh, they're the same people that stoned Stephen to death. Then Jesus answered and said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do for whatever he does, the son also does in like manner for the father loves the son. Say this with me. Say for the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. Jesus's response to people trying to kill him is to simply declare the father loves the son. He's reminding himself. He's speaking it out. He's proclaiming it. The father loves the son. And oh, by the way, they weren't able to kill him. So first he hears the father say it. Then he starts saying it himself. He's trusting in it. He's believing in it, my friends. And he simply ended up walking away. Faced with death, Jesus' response is the Father loves the Son. 
whatever you face, my friend, let your response be, but the Father loves me. The Father loves me. And he is well pleased with me. Have you gotten confused? Is this something that God's brought into your life or the devil's brought into your life? Well, ask yourself. The Father loves me and he's well pleased with me. Is this something I would put on my own children? Is this something that I would put on someone that I love? If the answer is no, it's not from God. <laughs> my friends, he loves so much more than we can love. I can tell you many times when I've gotten confused, just that one thought, wait a minute, would, would I ever do this to, to, to my husband, to my best friends? You know, is, is there anyone I love that I would put through this? No, then it's not from the Father. Reject it. Reject it. Remind yourself, the Father loves me. Say that with me. The Father loves me. And he is well pleased with me. And catch this too, my friends. We got a little hidden gem here that Jesus just showed us. Do you want to see like the Father sees? You want to see the marvelous works that he does? You want to be able to work in that? Because like Jesus just told us, all the miracles that he did, he did not come up with those on his own. He did them because he saw that they were the Father's will. And he saw that the Father was supplying the power. The Father was supplying the grace. The Father was supplying the answers. And how did he learn to see like his Father did when he saw that his Father loved him? To see like God does. We have to see first, my friends, that God loves us. And when you see that God loves you, and that he's well pleased with you, you'll begin to see like God does see. But it starts with seeing how God sees you. Amen. That's where it begins. Our relationship with him is where it all begins. Hallelujah. Amen, my friends. Hallelujah. So yes, Daddy God, we do ask that you help us to continue seeing how much you love us. We want to see the way you see. We want to see ourselves the way you see us. We want to see each other the way you see us. We want to see the world the way you see. Lord, we just want to see like you. Help us to see your love and to rest in your love, to sleep even in your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, my friends, now we're finally going to come to Matthew 17, which is actually the incident that Peter was referring to. But I wanted you to see first, I took you to the first account where God declared this over his son so that you could see that God did not declare this because of something Jesus had done. He simply declared it because God is love and because Jesus is his son, he's well pleased with him. Because God is love, he loves us. And because we're his children, he is well pleased with us. But as we said, Peter wasn't there the first time God said it. But he was here the second time God said it. So in Matthew 17, verse 1, says, Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves. Say a high mountain. A high mountain. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with them. Can you imagine what a spectacle that must have been? How spectacular that must have been. Then Peter answered. I love this. Peter, we have so much in common. 
Then Peter answered, who asked the question? <laughs> Nobody asked the question. But Peter answered anyways and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. So here's what Peter just did. Moses represents the law. The Bible even tells us that in, in John chapter one, that the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So Moses represents the law and Elijah represents the prophets. Okay. And Peter just put Jesus on the same level as the law and the prophets. And he did that by these, these tabernacles he wanted to build are essentially like um, they're, they're to honor them. They're, they're a way of honoring them. And so he's wanting to honor Jesus at the same level he wants to honor the law and the prophets. And after he says that, while he was still speaking, whoa, while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud, say a bright cloud. And the Old Testament, my friends, God did have anger. And he would come in a dark cloud. But we see here a bright cloud overshadowed them because now we're dealing with grace. Peter was still wrong and he had to be corrected. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. Not hear them, hear him. I love this. Peter puts Jesus on the same level as the law and the prophets. And before he can even finish speaking, the father's like, uh-uh, <laughs> we're not going to do that. This is my beloved son. Jesus is above all, my friends. Jesus is the, is the highest. He is the excellence. He, he is the king of all kings. And God says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. I love that the father, this is the way that he responds. It's a correction, but it's a beautiful correction, right? It's a graceful correction. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them and said, listen to this. The father just said, hear him. And the first words out of Jesus' mouth are, arise and do not be afraid. That's our Jesus, my friends. He's so humble. He could have said, what were you thinking comparing me to Moses and Elijah? I created them. What were you thinking? I existed before them. I put the very breath in their lungs. No, he's so humble. So full of love, just like the father. He comes over and he says, arise and do not be afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. Say Jesus only. Jesus only. Jesus only. Jesus only. May we see Jesus only. Amen. Amen, my friends. I also want to highlight this to you. So in the first podcast, we saw that the first time the Lord said this to Jesus, he declared it over Jesus when he was at the lowest place on earth. He was at the Dead Sea, right before the Dead Sea, being baptized. 
And so we can look at that and say in our lowest moments, we need to hear, we need to remind ourselves, we need to remind each other, we need to remind our loved ones that you are the beloved child with whom God is well pleased. And then here we see it said on a high mountain, right? Remember I had you say a high mountain? On a high mountain, God repeats it again. It's like he's saying at our very lowest point and at our very highest point, we still need to remember that we are God's beloved child with whom he is well pleased. When we've had a great victory, my friends, you want to remember, worship the Lord and remember that I am your beloved child and you are well pleased with me, not because of this victory, but because I am your child. I have this victory because you love me and because I am your beloved child, because you are well pleased with me, my friends, because that's an incredible safeguard against pride. And you know, we can actually become fearful in victory. Abraham went through that. He had a great victory and it actually caused him to become fearful because since he defeated all these kings, he was afraid that the other kings in the area would then want to go to war with him. And so it, it seems strange, but sometimes after a great victory, we can actually become afraid, like afraid that, oh, now I've got to live up to this or, or I'm afraid I won't be able to keep all this together or, you know, I'm afraid that's exactly why we remind ourselves, wait a minute, I am standing on this mountaintop because my loving daddy God put me here. He loves me. He keeps me. He's pleased with me simply because I'm his child. He will take care of me. Hallelujah, my friends. And your children too. Speak that over them when they when they have done something great. When you know they're they're I don't know. You know they got good grades. They they came home and did their chores without arguing. They helped out one of their siblings. You know, same thing. You want to encourage them in their low moments and their high moments. Guess what? I really love you. I'm so pleased with you. I'm so proud of you. Amen. Amen, my friends. See, our Lord is so practical. He's so good. So we see how very important this is in the life of Jesus. And we're going to have to stop right there. <laughs> but my friends, what a great note to leave on. You know, think, think on this, that in your low moments, in your high moments, in every moment in between, the Lord wants us living a life of trusting in and believing in the truth of his great love for us and that he's always pleased with us. Hallelujah. Amen, my friends. Amen. Well, you know what? I am going to I am going to declare our blessing over you. Now you have fresh revelation on how valuable and precious this blessing is. And as I am declaring this over you, picture your father's face, my friends smiling on you, taking joy in you. See that every time you crack open your Bible, you turn on a podcast, you turn on a sermon, you, you walk into church. In other words, you find a way to seek his face. You're worshiping even as you meditate on scripture under your breath, right? I, I tell you what, every day I have a, a scripture verse that I put on a post-it note that goes in my pocket and throughout the day I pull it out and I just speak it over myself my friends because as I'm speaking that scripture I'm looking into his face and see that his face is just lighting up like oh I'm so glad you're here I love to see your face I love you hallelujah my friends the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord makes his face shine upon you the Lord smiles on you and grants you his peace you and 
all your loved ones, my friends. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. Till next time, keep on living, loving, laughing, and grace.